Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Saturday morning Bible study. So glad you could join us today. Um, we are recording today at the North Star Cottage. So if there are any technical difficulties, speak up. We're not at church today. But we are recording from the Plainfield Independent Christian Science Church, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we welcome you all. And Thomas from New York will take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, so for our quote this week, uh, it's from the chapter on Apocalypse. At all times and under all circumstances, overcome evil with good. Know thyself, and God will supply the wisdom and the occasion for a victory over evil. Clad in the panoply of love, human hatred cannot reach you. The cement of higher humanity will unite all interests in the one divinity. From Science and Health, Amira Baker Eddy, page 571, lines 15 to 21. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a beautiful statement. It certainly handles the temptation to respond adversely to injustice or other wrongdoing, because this is rather absolute. At all times, in all circumstances, you overcome evil with good by firing back adversely. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good quote for what we're going to be talking about today. And I also, I think it's important to remember that good is not human or goody. Good is divine because good is God. Which means you overcome evil with all the everything that God is. Principle, love, truth, life, spirit. You can also perhaps need it a good rebuke. But I also think this is where Christ's message of uh, the golden rule comes in. You do unto others as you would like done to you. So. Thank you. It should be a deeply ingrained in us. Um, also, I don't know if anyone's making noise or is that just our at our end? No, well, someone's making noise. If you could please not. And I know I'm the chief. I'm usually very guilty because I'm always <laughs> tossing papers all around. Well, and know thyself, and you know yourself in, in truth, as God's image and likeness, and then you know others in that same way. And, you know, in that testimony that I read on Wednesday, that woman who overcame evil with good, 
because she knew herself and because she knew herself, she knew there was nothing in the kingdom of God, but his image and likeness. And that is what she experienced. It's a beautiful example of that in operation. And really all of us, we've been in science all this, all this time. We should certainly be doing this every day in our lives. Overcoming evil with good. Which sometimes is very difficult. <laughs> very difficult to hear the things that happen and then handle them correctly. <laughs> so I'm grateful for what I'm learning here that's helping me to do that, that's for sure. So. Yeah. Myself, I'm just saying it makes it very difficult. But obedience to God, what God wants, then, you know, we mix it. We struggle, yes, but at least we are obeying what God wants. And that's all that counts. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and we, you know, we know no more of ourselves than we know of God. So, you know, one, one of the challenges here is to know yourself as God's image and likeness, which means you have to know who and what God is. And that can be a challenge. Because we we can't we, we we can't know everything there there is to know about God because <laughs> that's infinite, but we can strive for it, and we can get better every day. And we do have the Sermon on the Mount as our pattern. So, okay. And I think in Christian Science, it's, Christian Science is the only place like that where you <clears throat> where you where one learns that all these qualities of God clad in the panoply of love is a protection. It's our armor. So even if we think it's, you know, we have to come up with all the courage and to, to not respond to what we call evil and whatever, you know, guys that tries to get us. In, in Christian science, we understand that that's our protection. That's an armor. And that's just not taught anywhere else but in Christian science. And that's very important and, and reassuring that it is a protection. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And that's because Christian science is the science. It's not an organization. It's not, a, it's not just another human philosophy or religion. And we are expecting it to be taught elsewhere by anybody who sees it clearly whether it's in the churches or in the schools yeah i remember when i was 12 years old and i, I joined the plainfield church and in those days you had to have come up against the membership committee which mrs evans was on and she told me that joining the church i would be clad in the panoply of love so I remember going home and looking up that word panoply because I didn't know what it meant. But it is a total covering, a total protection. I'll never forget that. And that shows, you know, when you speak the truth to someone, whatever age, um, if it is the truth, it will sink into their deep within their ears, as was said in last week's lesson, and, and leave a lasting impression. Okay, Thomas. 
Okay, so uh, for our quote, um, just want to point out, it was, it was a little confusing to me, but um, it's on page 573, okay? So just taking that portion out of it, the topic is, you are the blessed child of God. So I picked this partly because in the chapter of Apocalypse, because we're studying the book of Revelation. Um, I also picked it because uh, I think there's a theme running through Revelation that uh, we are blessed. And one of the things I want to read in this section 573, 13 to 2 is at the end. And it says, remember Jesus' words, the kingdom of God is within you. This spiritual consciousness is therefore a present possibility. Something to strive for, huh? It's already there. Okay. Well, I hope people will read, or if they have read, read again the nearness of deity section in the apocalypse. So, um, our first question is: uh, We're discussing uh, the blessing. The blessings um, are listed in uh, um, Tomlinson's book. Um, so for this week, it's from Revelations 19, verse 9. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, I have written down next to it, and I can't remember where I, I'm sure I read it from somewhere, but blessed are they who realize their oneness with the Christ. Yeah, I think that very well sums it up. <laughs> the marriage with the Lamb, our oneness with the Christ. And what a joyful occasion that is. The preceding verses in that um, are about, you know, a great multitude, sound of many waters, hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. And um, something that Spurgeon writes about that, we ought not to worship God in a half-hearted sort of way, as if it were now our duty to bless God, but we felt it to be weary business, and we would get it through as quickly as we could and have, have it done with, and the sooner the better. No, no, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Come, my heart, wake up and summon all the powers which wait upon thee. Mechanical worship is easy but worthless. Come, rouse yourself, my brothers. Rouse thyself, O my soul. And it's really something to think about because that joy and, and the joy in acknowledging our oneness with God should be tremendous. I mean, we shouldn't be all lackadaisical here. We should be very happy, excited, shouting it from the rooftops. And then I happened to come across this quote. It's from Helen Keller, and it says, your success and happiness lies in you. Resolve to be happy, and you shall form an invincible host against difficulties. I think so, this is... Go ahead. 
No, I think uh, uh, the culmination of this wedding or the uh, being married to the Lamb is what uh, part of what Jasmine talked about. Um, it's modeling what used to be the preparation before the actual wedding takes place. And it's purity, uh, joyfulness, that's what you're saying. Um, it, it has to have that sense of purity for the union to take place. Mankind, man, um, and the idea of spiritual idea of God and the marriage to the Lamb. The Lamb is what Mr. Um, Sadi talks about it is the spiritual idea of love, self immolation, innocence, purity, and sacrifice. So it's that unity which requires purity. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's very important. I'd read that too, and several of the commentaries were saying that as, as a bride prepares herself, it used to be <laughs> that you were a virgin, you were pure, you were you know uplifted in thought. It was an exciting thing to come to pass. You purified yourself, your thought, everything about you to be ready and um, it's a beautiful sort of illustration of that. And yes, because what is the beatitude? Only the pure in heart shall see God. So if you, you don't have that purity, you won't even see the Christ. You won't even notice your bridegroom is there. Um, so it, it is a preparation of the heart to have that marriage, that oneness. Thank you. This is actually quite a calling. We've been called to be united with the Christ. I know when somebody calls out your name, what you do, you hear it and you listen, right? You give it a lot of attention. So here's a calling for us, something for us all to take notice of and give attention to. Yes. And going back to what you said about <laughs> obligation, I was just reading a Demonstration as a Privilege by Gilbert Carpenter, and he says, that we have to see it's a privilege and it's not just an obligation. And I was thinking about, I think we, we get to do this. We don't just have to do it. We get to it. It's awesome. That's why we should thank God every day for life, for the privilege of being his image and likeness. What a privilege we have to be alive. I know Elsie always tells me every day she's always so grateful for the new day. <laughs> so grateful. And, and it's, how lovely. And that's why she's so happy. <laughs> Gratitude. When we wake up, are we grateful for the new day? Grateful for life, truth, and love. <clears throat> grateful for being the <laughs> image and likeness of God. Yes. Wow. Yeah, what a great privilege. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How are we doing, Tom? <laughs> We're doing fine. Sorry, I was on mute there. Okay. Um, so, question number two okay so we're continuing with the uh, the letters to the churches so for number two 
What is the lesson of the letter to the church of Theaterax? Um, so this is in Revelations chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. And also you can find in Thomas and pages 133 to 134. Boy, oh boy, is there a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one is very deep. It is very deep, and it's one that we must go into deeply because I don't, most Christian scientists, I don't think, have a clue to some of this, and uh, we need to because if we don't, it operates. I've seen it operating. I've seen it operating. It's not just other churches. I've seen it operating in Christian science churches. I've seen it operating in our church. Um, so... So in, in, okay, go ahead. in Hoyt's book, um, she says it's the it's the fourth church or the climax point point, the most subtle condition of thought to be overcome and will require the most powerful qualities of spiritual man to silence the wrong thinking. Spiritual man purifies, uh, possesses purified vision, and reflected understanding is required to meet this situation. Thoughts? Yeah, it's a lot there <laughs> to handle. I thought it was so interesting because he starts out by saying, Yeah, I know the good things you're doing. It almost. Mm -hmm. Way I see it, almost to set them up to see how they're going to take that. Because once they got that, then they went into all the other things that had to be faced directly, and there was a lot there. So I thought it was a, an interesting approach to <laughs> telling them. Well, yeah, and that's how, and that's always a good model. You know, if you ever have to rebuke anybody, you can always start off with what the good they've done. Um, that gets their ear before you tell them what you, but, but, and at least these, in each of these churches, there's a big but going on. So, well, I'm going to start, this is something that a lot of this I'll be reading from, but this is something that Carrie gave me an article, The Morning Star by Clara Streeter from a 1918 journal. And anyway, she writes, now, Jezebel was a prophetess of Baal, the great male divinity of the ancient adulterous nations around Palestine. Ahab, the king of Israel, married her, and through her subtle influence over him, Israel again fell into idolatry. Elijah, the prophet of Jehovah, denounced her and foretold her own and Ahab's self-destruction. John saw in her personification of wickedness at its climatic period, the consummation of every evil device, combining idolatry, hypnotism, sensuality, dishonesty, greed, mental and physical assassination, blasphemy. There was not one atrocious claim of error which did not find a place in the maelstrom of moral degeneracy that his wife of a that this wife of Ahab, the king of Israel, represented. This complex manifestation of idolatry and wickedness not only propagated itself in Israel in the time of Elijah, 
but thought to destroy the Christ idea, the light of the world, by putting to death Jesus of Nazareth, who reflected that light in all its purity. It sought to pervert the teachings of the apostles. It caused the early church in the third century of our era to ally itself with the belief of worldly place and power and with cunning sophistry, sophistry. sophistry has ever since mesmerized it into believing that evil is as real and as powerful as God good, that matter and spirit commingle, that death opens the door to eternal life. These and other falsities were uncovered when the morning star began to rise upon the world of today. Its bright light at once disturbed the equilibrium of mortal mind and set Jezebel's kingdom on fire with resentment, hatred, malice, war, pestilence, bringing about the time of great tribulation of which it is written in Revelation. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. As the morning star in the heavens seemed to divide night from day, so the light of Christian science, the truth of being, as discovered by Mary Baker Eddy, is clarifying individual consciousness as well as world politics. As in Ahab's time, Elijah called all people together unto Mount Carmel and said unto them, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. So today, truth is calling to the people of all world, of all the world, assembled at this testing time. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. The Spirit further says to this church at Thyatira, He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. This is not a man-made power, nor a treaty-made power. Rather, is it to be a power made, quote, not after the law of, car of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life, end quote. To him is also given the morning star, the power to manifest the church, the Christ idea, to walk and talk to God, to speak with authority to every form of error, its name in our age is Christian Science, defined by its discoverer, Mrs. Eddy, on page one of Rudimental Divine Science. Quote, as the law of God, the law of good, interpreting and demonstrating the divine principle and rule of universal harmony, end quote. It shines for all who will lift up their eyes and walk in its light. It brings the day when all shall know the truth. In the dawn of the 20th century, the sons of God are again shouting for joy because human consciousness discerns a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I thought that was a very beautiful summary in a Christian science interpretation of all of this. Um, but we're going to go deeper into uh, into it and, and what is the um, the Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, 
because believe me, it is, a, is a, it is around, it is about now. And what was described, um, what, what, is, what is taking over, getting everyone to worship Baal, really? Um, because they're trying to take God out of everything and make everything so secular. So it's, it's working, it's working. And we must be alert to it. I didn't. I never had studied this like I am, like I have been done recently. So I didn't understand it as well as I do this morning <laughs> in reading what I've read. As I said, I saw it operating in in church, but I didn't really know what it was. And now I do. I I knew it was wrong, and I confronted it, and it ejected itself. But now I know more what it is, and ha and I can understand it and see how it works and in the church is certainly in our politics and education the spirit of Jezebel who destroyed all those that were the what worshiping the one Lord right yeah yeah direct yeah. talk is complete opposition to the worship of yes. the one God mm -hmm. Yes, trying no to wipe mercy. Out the Christ idea. I think that's what said. Trying mm -hmm. to wipe out the Christ idea, and it was this that same spirit of Jezebel. What else could have gone after Christ Jesus? I mean, they they didn't even know what they were doing. And that in a little while we'll go over these characteristics of the spirit of Jezebel. But what one of the last ones is they don't know that they have it. They're operating blindly. And only the Christ mind knows that the, knows what's going on. And if you don't have that Christ mind, that's why that first quote that Thomas gave us is so important. The panoply of love. If you don't have that, it seeks a host that it can get to and take over. And if you don't have that, you are an easy prey. And one of the ways it does is through sensuality. Um, Florence just wrote a beautiful lesson on man, and that's what it's about, handling sensuality. Um, because in the practice, you know, we get people with problems in that way. Uh, and you have to, you have to, it has to be an offense to you. Your purity will defend you. But if you don't have that, you can be easy prey to the Jezebel thought. Okay, I don't know anyone else, or do you want me to go on? <laughs> I've got so much here. <laughs> please, if there are others, please do contribute. Well, this is what this is this is what uh, in, infected, if you will, the church in Thyatira. Jezebel was called a prophetess. Well, she she wasn't a prophetess; she was a clairvoyant. And a wicked one. And she used her clairvoyance to mesmerize people who were susceptible into thinking that she was something that she was not. It's a very good point. They they will act like they know something and they, they don't. It is all on a human basis. Um and and first edition goes in several pages about clairvoyance and the difference it is with true mind reading, which Christ Jesus had. It's something entirely different. 
Uh, this is what people in those, what are those stores, psychic store, you know, that's tarot cards. Tarot cards and, and yeah, yeah. They're just, you know, reading a person's mind on a very human level, clairvoyance, uh, healing it through Christ is entirely different. God comes to you and speaks to you as to what needs healing and reveals to you whatever it is you need to know. It's not any human process. It's entirely different. But, and in, in the example I saw, and I, I knew it at the time, the example that I saw not all that long ago, she was a clairvoyant, and yet she acted like she knew, oh boy, she could read other people's minds. Well, she, in a, in a human way, but not anything to admire. Not anything to follow. Go ahead. No, Jezebel's ability to even marry Ahab, it's, I read in some one commentary that the basis was even just a political alliance. It was. It, it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, probably being love or whatever. So she had an agenda, of course. And, yes. Yeah. yeah, and that was again in one of these characteristics of the Jezebel spirit. They seek out. They'll seek out someone who's they feel is in power. You, someone attractive, someone that they can use to really destroy everything, if could be. Again, they, they don't even know what they're doing, but they're led by this, well, it, we know it to be animal magnetism in its extreme, Bruce? Yeah, one of the common comments about Thyatira was compromise. They were willing to compromise their standard. It says in here that they suffereth Jezebel. In other words, yeah, they knew what was going on, but they suffered it. In other words, they tolerated it and allowed it to continue instead of opposing it and challenging it. Because you mentioned this evil is looking for a host. It's looking for someone that will not challenge it. Mm -hmm. Well, it was willing to compromise it first. And then once it gets a foot in the door, then it has, it can grow, it has a basis to grow from if it continues unchallenged. And it's, a, it's an enormous, costly compromise. Enormous, costly compromise. Uh, and this leads us to Ahab, doesn't it? <clears throat> Ahab was a weak person. He, he was appointed king. He inherited that spot. He didn't earn it. And he was weak. So he was easily mesmerized into thinking that he had to sort of compromise for political purposes. <clears throat> he didn't know himself. No, he, he, didn't. he didn't know God. It's also a comment on modern society, too. There are many people that have positions and have compromised to what they believe is the, the common sentiment. But instead of what is the moral standard, you prefer to go along with a common sentiment, or do you have in your heart the moral standard? Fortunately, there is a remnant that knows what the moral standard is. Yeah, on our carousel this week, the um, that article, Isaiah's job, that was on the remnant. The remnant. The masses can be easily deceived and swayed 
but there's always the remnant and the remnant holds the ground and holds the ground thank you I, when we were talking about some of the qualities of the jezebel thought i was really surprised i've only heard of witchcraft in modern time now uh, three times and we know about it but it came, was on the news there was a grandmother in pennsylvania who used witchcraft to work against a policeman who was i guess prosecuting her grandson now this is this is out in the open that's what we decided it's out in the open so now it's, it's two-thirds thank you but this is this is new this, and it is operating, and this is why you have to know what it is to defend yourself. And what were those three? Um, Intimidation, domination, and manipulation. Anywhere that's found, that's witchcraft. And what we talked about last week at the roundtable, being bewitched, you, get, you, you lose all your resistance to this thought when you're weak uh, and don't know who you are. So we must build a strong defense, right? Mrs. Eddy says that the, this, this thing can't go forth like pollen from one person to another. And you have a strong defense. And one of your main defenses is your purity. Because if you are attracted in any way to this sort of thing, it'll, it'll catch hold. And you will not overcome evil with good. You will compromise with evil and tolerate it. And you'll become part of the problem rather than the solution. I just wanted to say one thing. You talked about um, how they use sophistry. So I looked that up. It's a plausible but misleading or fallacious argument. So oh, <laughs> yeah. Enough, so. Thank you. Very cunning, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to say, and I, I'm saying this not in the context of Plainfield, but maybe in the context what I grew up in Christian sciences not to sort of overcomplicate and make this like too difficult to be able to figure out what to do, right? So in Thomason, he um, um, had a reference, which uh, I put in the notes, which I like. It's from Proverbs chapter three, verse six. So in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So it's very simple, right? You'd be thinking about God. Um, acknowledge him. Be grateful for him. As we talked about earlier, when you wake up in the morning, right? Yeah, this is not complicated. This is just as a, an important discipline that a lot of people are not willing to, to subject themselves to. Yes, you're right about the discipline. and It is a daily discipline which we could should cultivate yeah i mean mrs eddie say, says stand porter at the door of thought mm -hmm. period <laughs> yeah but really it's a much better way to live my god it's, you know it seems so <clears throat> if you want to do something other than what god is saying it seems so difficult and so but really it's a much better way doing all for god you know, living for God. Uh, I don't know how else to say it, but I find a, a, an incredible um, relative peace just letting God lead me in everything. 
Absolutely. And that's when you know you're with God, that you're doing what God wants when you feel that peace that no man can take from you. But the Jezebel thought is out there working 24-7. It's animal magnetism. It is the belief in a power opposed to God. And it and it's it is doing what it can to slay the Christ, as she says in in Science and Health. It's it's doing what it can to to take the truth away from people. It has, you know, it'll take the Bible out of our schools. It will it will infiltrate our educational systems and 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 try to pervert our children's education. And you know, it's interesting because the result of all this is what? I will kill your children and put you in the sick bed. Now think about it. Isn't that happening? I mean, there are ways to kill your children without putting a bullet to their head, although that has happened as well in many communities, unfortunately, and putting you in a sick bed. What do you think the pandemic? I mean, we're having all these signs. And yes, it's true. The simple truth, we keep it simple, the truths that protect us. But think about Elijah. Was he not a man of God? Was he not? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What happened yeah. after having contact with Jezebel? What did he want to do? Run off and fight. He, he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to mm -hmm. die. So, uh, yes, we need to know this truth, but this is serious stuff. If a man like Elijah, yeah, he felt defeated. He, he felt alone. That's after he persecuted. That's after he faced and did the, the all those men and brought the fire down. Yes, and the, the prophets of Baal. And then he had the 450 false prophets killed. Yeah. And and he came under her wrath. And that's where it left him. But thank goodness, yes, he was a man of God, and God did come to him. And but I'm saying when you get thoughts like this, the Jezebel spirit. That you're you're discouraged. You want to give up. You don't believe in Christian Science. You you want to kill yourself. I mean, I hear this. Or you want to compromise with error yeah, in your home yeah. or in your schools yeah. or in your community. What is that? Who's that saying that? And why has the the suicide rate of our youth gone up? I mean, I hope all of you know what's going on in the world. <laughs> We can't be blind to it. We can't deaf, blind, and dumb isn't the answer because we won't be spurred to action. I mean, the Jezebel thought is alive and kicking today and, and is working all over. And it, and, it, and it calls itself by very different names. There are a lot of different names that are the Jezebel thought. I mean, there are some obvious ones, Com you know, communism, Marxism. That, and, but there are some not so obvious ones that I won't even name because it'll infuriate the mortal, mortal minds. Yeah. So but it's working. 
Yeah, you, we let God reveal those to you. But um, yeah, and it also said in this that God God gave her time to repent, didn't he? Mm -hmm. There was a time of repentance, but what? She did not repent. <laughs> With our nation, you know, and I know the Christians are into this too, about we, we repent for our sins. We've, we have committed sins. I'm talking about now America. Um, and we do need to repent. For I think all nations need to repent, really. Yes. And repent for our individual sins. And that's, again, pond and purpose, this cleansing process. When you cleanse yourself and you've done this, then you have the authority of Christ to speak out. This is what, when Saul turned to Paul, what he did, um, because he had been doing terrible things and killing the Christians. But when he repented and changed, then look at the tremendous work that he did do with the authority of Christ, which nothing can come against. That's where you get your power from. Otherwise, you are a weak person. The repentance must come, must happen, because this ultimately what uh, Tom was talking about earlier, the culmination of the marriage of the, to the lamb can happen without that purity. Thank you. Yes. And this is so important. And this is what why Christian science is different from New Age and all this other stuff. It requires something of you. You can't just sit in your house and make a vision board and want everything to, you know, think about it and it'll all happen. It requires a, a purification of thought. It requires taking up the cross. It's why it's not too popular sometimes. It's the fewness and faithfulness of its followers. So, but it, as long as we have enough to do this, tremendous things will, can be done. And it is, it is being done. It has to. It is all power. All the rest is uh, illusion, witchcraft, magician, right? All, all of that stuff, illusion, can cause illusions and things to happen. In a, another article that um, Carrie sent me called The Seven Churches by Caroline Getty, it, it deals with Thyatira as, um, well, when one sense of truth has been adulterated by mental malpractice, one falls into the danger of personality of seeking good through persons and of believing that one's own personality is good. Accepting adulation, taking to oneself that which belongs to God, offering gifts or yielding obedience and adulation at the shrine of personality is equivalent to eating, quote, things sacrificed unto idols, end quote. The mental state of the church at Thyat Thyatira. Thyatira, represented as influenced by this error. It is sometimes genuine, spontaneous, and enthusiastic. Therefore, is this error all the more subtle? The overcoming through repentance of the sin of personality will bring the real power of principle and the light of true spiritual understanding in Christian science. For it is not until this error is understood for what it is and overcome that one progresses. 
you know, and Mrs. Eddy, over and over, she talks about personal sense, doesn't she? Certainly it's, it's in um, first edition, but also there's a, one of her articles in the, in prose works, it's called personality. She didn't want people to worship her personality. She would say the belief that you are a person is what? That's a belief that you are separate apart from God, that you have some identity apart from God, your personality. And that is what era will hook its teeth into. You have to know you are an individual of God, that he is all to you, including your individuality. And then all this false personality, whatever that might be, and it could be good, it could be bad, but it, it goes and you become a child of a true child of God. Again, this is pond and purpose. It's a process to get there. This is putting off the old man for the new. And this is what the Jezebel thought would feed on your personality. It knows you. It's your, it's a clairvoyant. It can read you. Um, some of what it, the characteristics were to, um, well, it, it yes, <laughs> it, it'll know you. So it'll, it'll feed on, what is it called? Getting your goat sort of a thing. It knows how to get to you. Um, it'll find your weak spots. Yes. Thank easily. you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, it'll find your weak spots. That's why you, you have to check yourself. And if you have a weak spot to sure get rid enough. of it, sure, sure up. Yes. Like that initial quote about you got to know yourself. You have to know yourself. If, if there's a way a person can get to you, to manipulate you, you can't have that. You've got to shore yourself up. You, and when you do all these things, the Jezebel thought is super obvious to you. Another characteristic of it is it has so much pride, you, it, it won't be corrected. And, it, and when it gets into the host, the host won't be, be corrected either. You can't talk any sense into them in belief. So and it, it, it manipulates in many ways. And certainly one way is, is through sex and sensuality. And many people fall before that. They can stand up against a lot of things, but you have some beautiful woman getting your thought and poof. Um, Edward Kimball, in his uh, teaching and addresses, right at the beginning of the book, uh, he presents some really powerful thoughts that are right along this line. Now, rather than hitching our wagon to all these you know, human forms. Um, he declares man governed by his creator is self-governed. And that to me really sums up what we're talking about here, that your consciousness of God is your only self. And as such, we are a law unto ourselves. So Christian science, he declares, uh, Christian science declares a grander manhood a higher morality, a purer individual and social status, an expanded love for God and neighbor. And I just love those thoughts because it just seems to tie in uh, directly to what we're, we're talking about here. Um, you know, are we going to be governed by our creator? And if so, we are self-governed and we don't need to 
rely on or seek after these these false idols. Thank you very much. That's beautiful. And that's right. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, that's why we all should be praying that prayer, Mrs. Eddie. I think it's Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Right? And lead me in the way everlasting. Only God's way is protecting. Only God's way protects us. Thank you very much. And that's why this path is so important. <laughs> and that's why, too, um, Christian scientists, be a law unto yourselves. That mental malpractice cannot harm you, either when asleep or when awake. That's what it's talking about. Yeah, and, and the reason that's true is because God's way is the only way. There is no other real way. If you imagine that there's another way, that is the illusion, and it's a lie. And that's why when you try any other way, it always leads to disaster. And that is divine love waking you up to recognize that it's a disaster. That's why but, Jesus said you can come by no other way. Yeah. One way. Okay. Yeah. You can't serve two masters. So um, Thomason quoted from miscellaneous writings, uh, page 222. Um, so we don't need to fear like Jezebel and that so forth is the way I look at this. So the quote is, the malicious mental argument and its action on the mind of the perpetrator is fatal morally and physically. So the self-destruction of error. So we keep our mind on God, acknowledge him, and we let Error or Jezebel or the malicious mental argument destroy itself. Correct. Yeah. That's what happened to Jezebel, wasn't it? Yeah. It did destroy itself. In a... Yeah. The ending of her. The ending of her was I have one question. Don't we need to uncover and expose Jezebel? Like Charlie was saying, it's two thirds destroyed. Because when it goes around deceitfully, so many innocents are harmed. Thank, thank you. And that Absolutely. that is that is why we're discussing it. We can't just stay on the on the love side of it. You have to know how it operates. As I said, I I saw it operate in a good, very good person, a good Christian scientist, so called. He what I thought he was. Um, yeah, we can't just have an attitude, oh, that's might happen to somebody else, but not me. Um, no, it's it's very sneaky and manipulative, and it must be exposed, and you must know how it operates. Yeah, and, and Mary talked about this just a few minutes ago, when she said, was talking about the discipline of purifying your thought, keeping it pure, and staying, you know, staying close to God. And when you do that, the Jezebel thought will will be very clear to you. You will it'll be when you see it, there won't be any question about it because yeah. it will be an offense to God and therefore an offense to you. We can't we can't be naive. You're right, Craig. 
Okay, so oh, all right, so we follow it through to the destruction. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and, and it destroys itself. And the Jezebel Yes. The Jezebel will thought will know you too, and they'll know that you know. <laughs> all right. Got it. Okay. That's all right, because you can't help that. Yeah, the Jezebel thought we'll put up a fight. It'll so so th th that's why Mrs. Eddie says we are in a warfare. That is that is the warfare. When you see the Jezebel thought so clearly, and it knows that you see it clearly for what it is, it's like, what does she say? It's like a, a trapped wild cornered animal. Cornered beast. Cornered beast that is so desperate now it will lash out at whatever comes close to it. That's what the Jezebel thought does before it is self-destroyed. It will lash out. And, and it will. It will try to the one who knows who it is. It will do everything it can to discredit you, to make fun of you. That was another thing about the Jezebel thought. It, it's a mocking thought. It, it makes a lot of jokes, too, to make you take you off guard and make you think, oh, it's so friendly and funny. It can be very funny and witty. But again, yes, it's very obvious to the pure in heart. And, and the pure in heart cannot be touched by it. Um, they can't. It has no power over the pure in heart. So be careful of the humorous side because to a large degree it's smokescreen. It's an attempt to get you to lower your guard and go along with the joviality and humor. And once that's done, then you can slip something in. Absolutely. Thank you. That's the whole thing. Yes. It's a cunning sophistry. Yes. That's why when who was it in Mrs. Eddie's home, someone would answer the door and Mrs. Eddie said what? Not to answer when she smiled, if she needed to have voice, because if she smiled, then Aaron knew it could have it in. That'd be soberly. Sober, yes. So you don't, um, yeah, open yourself up to that, but you answer the door with dignity, but not with all smiling. And you know, most teachers know this, right? The first, <laughs> you don't come in all joking and friendly with your class, or they'll just. There'll be mutiny on the bounty. You have to have this discipline about you. Uh, I was the same way in my being a correction officer. Is the same way. I mean, there's there's times when later on in your career where you can joke around a little bit just to lighten up the mood for the day. But when you first go in there as a correction officer, you have to go in there with and present the phone that you know what you're doing and that you feel secure with what you're doing. So you go in there and you start joking and high-fiving the inmates, you're, you're, done. you're done. Thank you, Luann. Absolutely. Yep. These are all good things because I, I naturally always wanted to be all friendly. And, and sometimes certainly you can, but sometimes you must be on guard, on guard to this. And Yeah, on guard daily. I mean, I want to kind of comment about how we are approaching the study, the book of Revelation, because the one reason I've ignored it for most of my life is that uh, there's this discussion about the signs of the times and all this sort of um, foretelling some future cataclysmic event or whatever, you know, like there's an earthquake. Oh, my gosh, I think this is it, right? So the way we're looking at the book of Revelation is that uh, 
We're not looking at all the signs of times as an indicator of some future event. Uh, the way we look at it, the book of Revelation is really uh, that this is a, 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 a revelation of something that is constant, not future. So this gets to when we're talking about, um, you know, a daily discipline, right? So we're looking at revelation as a constant throughout our life, not something somewhere down the road in the future event or something like that. Yes, thank you very it's much. It's right here and now. Yes, and I, I do. I, I pretty much come to that conclusion, too. It's an ongoing. We have right now certain things to face, certain forms of animal magnetism. Um, I mean, in times past, it took other faces and other forms. It was still always animal magnetism. We should be along in our growth and study and understanding, right? We've had Christian science for over a century, right? So we should be getting where we can definitely detect the error and master it. Master it, destroy it, and see it for a power apart from God or its nothingness. But you have to see it first. And Mrs. Eddy says this many times. Um, we have to feel the danger. And this goes in, which will be our next discussion on the next church, which is all about watching, isn't it? <laughs> watching. And we have learned all of this, and I know all of you have learned it as well through experience. It's not just reading about it. It's experiencing it. So when you've experienced it, then you can... Uh, understand it better and also get the mastery over it. So anyone else on, on this? Thyatira. It's very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm grateful to learn all this and it, it was, I was reminded of Jesus saying that you don't want to be the one praying you know, thank God I'm not as other men because that's yes. usually when you're <laughs> that's exactly. no, that's right. I, and I used to do that. This had nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with me. Um, it has everything to do with all of us. We have to take it into mm -hmm. our hearts and examine, as someone was saying. Examine was that you? Someone was saying, Examine yourself. No, it's Florence, the Bible verse, search, mm -hmm. Lord. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Oh, yes. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So beautiful, these prayers. My gosh. Yes. Revealing me my secret faults. Yes. Mm -hmm. That way we will, we won't have any vulnerable spots. Um, I'd heard it was another preacher talking, but he said some interesting things. And that was one of the things he was saying to, because of this, what, what's happening, you see, is, is, is uh, things of God get greater and stronger, which they are. Then the opposite, the suppositional opposite, seems also like a cornered beast. Yes, and it will it'll try, and it's going to try any vulnerable spots that might be in you, your home, your family. He said to make sure you're praying over those, covering them with God's blessings and knowing 
as I say, the angels, Michael and Gabriel, are in every room of your house. Gabriel, the angel of peace. Michael, the angel of war. Watching over all, all yours, your job, your possessions. He was talking about everything. Have no weak spots. And, and then on one side, there will be science and peace. And that's where we stand in the ark. But we must pitch from within and without. The Gabriel of his love has no contest. I love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Sharon is waving to me. Uh oh. Oh, is it 11? It's 11. It's 11.01. So before we end, I wanted to say that uh, I get a lot of that out of these. Um, just a couple things. Like from today, we talked about oneness and uh, we talked about daily discipline. Um, you know, it's kind of a constant thing in our life. And, um, so, you know, it'd be great if, if, uh, hope people are also getting something out of the Bible study. Let us know. Send some comments in and, and tell us what, what is that one thing that you learned? Um, help us to understand if, if we're reaching out to you. Thank you. I mean, that is so good. People sometimes ask, well, what can I do? You know, what can I do to be a good active member? That's one great thing you can do. <laughs> Express some gratitude for something. Hello. <laughs> Just Pur say. Purify your thought and write about, you know, your experiences that are beneficial to you because they will benefit other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at least I, I must say, Yasmin, for example, it's an example what she does she takes time she takes a lot of time to work with the bible study and and tend to have thought things so it's very helpful she does and she's always writing on the forum and other play, a bulletin board express your gratitude for something sometimes people will write something critical you know i think of all the good <laughs> that they get and they have to pick out one thing they didn't like i mean please we really don't ask her much here. Give us some thumbs up, for God's sake. <laughs> I hate to say that. It seems so lowly. But <laughs> but at least, you know, come on, let us know you're alive. Well, and it'll help you to express yourself periodically. It'll help you to help others. I mean, that's that's the reason, you know, that, that's the purpose. That's why we're all here. We have been, we have, we recognize the great gift that God has given us, the gift of life, the gift of Christian science, the truth, and all of this word of God that is contained in the Bible and science and health that we are uncovering here is so relevant and so necessary for us today. Uh, there's a lot that we need to do. I mean, our world is in deep doo-doo. <laughs> it appears that way. Hmm. But we've got the truth. And the truth is all-powerful. And the truth is the only thing that's real. And we're, we're here to open people's eyes to see the reality of who they are and who their neighbor is. And the only, the, the only way that anybody can ever know that is to know more about God. And their relationship with God. That's where it all starts. So we appreciate everybody joining in and look forward to the next one.
Yeah, thank you so yeah. much, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. 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 Th